Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Henry. This is episode 16. I am joined today by Steve Siz again. Steve literally just got back today from Colorado where he was elk hunting. Came within uh, inches of shooting a bull elk. And then I cover some of my um, amazing experiences that I had in Wyoming mule deer hunting. Um, this is a longer podcast because we really go deep into these, this mule deer and this elk hunt. Um, truly one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Um, I think you guys will all enjoy it. But just so everyone still remembers, our main purpose always is whitetail on this podcast. And we will um, highlight our plans for the first week of the season. Um, so we'll, we'll give you a little weather report, what we are dealing with here in the Midwest, um, what our plans are and how to handle it. And that will be a consistent thing that we do on this podcast for weeks to come. So stick around, hang in there for the mule deer and elk stuff. It's really cool, really cool stories. Um, and after this, we're going to deep dive into, into deer hunting. Um, and then I'll have Jed get on a podcast with me here soon. Um, talk about his hunt, but just so you don't have to wait any longer, here you go. Here's Steve and I talking about our Western hunts. Enjoy. All right, so Steve joins me fresh off a trip from Colorado. Just getting back this morning, huh? Yeah, just got into town at 8 a.m. So last, what was it, two nights ago, I started driving at 2 a.m. and then uh, drove for 10 or 11 hours and then this morning I drove for, for four hours and the reason for that is because I took my family out there so it's good to get up really early and drive while the kids are sleeping in the car yeah I bet what's really early <laughs> 2 a.m yeah I left at yeah 2 a.m which is great so they sleep for six hours and then once they get up then we go to and then every hour um we stop at a park and play so it was uh takes a while but it's a lot of fun what was the, how many miles, how many, how many hours do you think it was? Uh, it was 15 hours to get there. And then, yeah, so 15 hours each way. So, like and then once so we drove, what did we go, like nine or 10 hours and then, um, then get a hotel and just hang out and, you know what I mean, try and make it fun as opposed to grinding through. I grinded through my drive back, but we can get to that. It was a, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I've done that, that one flooding. time before. I'm like, you know, I was in Wyoming, and I'm like, I'm just going to drive it all in one shot. It was dangerous, and I was pulling over and sleeping on the side of the road, and I won't do that again. Yeah. So uh, before I get into my trip, let's get into yours. Let's let's. Why don't you just kind of give us the overview of what happened, got out yeah, there. Yeah, so it was, an, it was an awesome trip. Um, So I got the spot, and I actually marked it this time. From where I parked to where I set up my tent was – uh six miles up into the mountain so that's a it's a damn good hike and yeah. the very first afternoon after i set up my tent i actually um this is kind of funny i came across like so i, I don't carry water going in because it's just extra weight i figure you know four hours later once i get in then i can get some water and get a drink yeah and you uh, so after i set up my tent i was walking to a little stream that i know of in this little meadow to get water and there was a bowl and a bunch of cows getting drink where i was getting a drink where i was headed so I'm like a hundred yards out and I would love to call them. And I had cotton mouth so bad that I don't think I could have made noise with the diaphragm call. So it's like, what are the odds of that? Right. So it's like, I didn't even want to try. So I tried sneaking up on them 
and uh, you know how valleys and hills work. It, just the wind shifted, and um, one must have winded me because they just all of a sudden, boom, blew out of there. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, they weren't talking at all. So elk hunting, um, this is how I like to describe it. It's like turkey hunting in the woods with no gobbling, right? It's not fun. It makes it a lot tougher. So what did I do? I just still hunted and snuck around and sat on water holes for periods. And um, I had two bulls within 20 yards and didn't get a shot at either of them. And uh, the one, he just happened to just come walking right at me. Like of all the directions to go, it came right at me. And um, he was behind some trees and I tried to pull back. And as soon as I went to pull back, he busted me. He was at 16 yards. So that sucked. And then one, I heard one bugle and I moved in on him and um, got in pretty close, got my arrow on. And as I got my arrow on, this cow and her calf just came sprinting down the trail I was standing on. So I tucked down a little ball and this cow is literally five yards away. I mean, I could probably poke her with my arrow. And then all of a sudden there's the bull. And as soon as he showed up, she busted me and she took off. And then he stopped at like 10, 15 yards, but it was like his ass at me with his you know how they turn their head around to look back behind them yeah so i'm at full draw at like this butt cheek and uh you know what i mean you can't shoot that and that was that so those are my three opportunities and um six nights i spent out in the woods got rained on three times hailed on three times um but oh no it's uh it was yeah i tell you what man uh sleeping on the top of a mountain and a little tent during a thunderstorm is crazy it is so much louder than anything <laughs> It was, um, yeah, I was scared, like legitimately scared, but, but it was cool at the same time. Hail pounding the tent. Um, yeah, it was, wow. I actually, I was thinking to myself, like, what would happen if this damn, you know, I, I tucked into like a cluster of trees, thinking if a tree blew over, it would lean up against the trees right next to it. Does that make sense? So that was kind yep. of my yep. strategy. And I was like, man, what if a tree fell on me and I'm just stuck here starving to death for three days? But um, never seen another hunter, so that was cool. And uh, it's just I had my chances, man. Three bulls, um, two within 20 yards. So I, I figured that's all you can really ask for is chances. And then, but in between that, it's a lot of boredom. You know, I went three days. I didn't see or hear an elk, so that was kind of boring. But um, that's just the way it goes. Well, so picture, I need so to, to find to a rewind a, a rewind a little bit. Um, what was the to like terrain or? vegetation what was the issue with having them close like that without shots is just more like like cedar trees pine trees yeah it's just all pine trees and um like the one i was just still hunting along a trail just you know sneaking along trying to spot one before i spotted him and i did and he's walking i don't know he's like 70 yards away and it looked like he was in a cut in front of me about 40 50 yards and instead of going where he was going he just changed directions and started walking right at me and then pretty soon you know i'm standing behind a cluster of trees waiting to draw back and he's just he's right there yeah. and uh, you know what i mean his head was behind some trees and he was moving and i went to draw and he instantly seen me so i don't know what i you know i mean it's like you know what i should have could have maybe if i'd have pulled back earlier but i wasn't expecting him to uh, walk you know just change and walk right at me and then uh the other one it was just crazy you know you hear a bugle just like you hear a gobble right so you get in a little closer um it's going to start calling I just, just was about to put my arrow on and just imagine some turkeys that can run a hell of a lot faster than a turkey just come sprinting right at you, right? Like mm -hmm. literally sprinting at me. And 
you know, their mouths were open. You could tell this bull's been chasing her around. And uh, she would the only reason she didn't run me over is because she seen me. And so she just stopped, like, right there. And uh, so I was busted. And the bull was behind him. So I drew back thinking he might show up. And he did. He just stopped with his damn butt towards me. And uh, then I tried, just like turkeys, you know, they scatter. And then there's a call yep. sequence. You can do it to, like, you know, everything's fine. Come on back. I tried that, and unfortunately, nothing came back. So it was, uh, so that sucked, but it was cool. Um, yeah, it was a cool experience. Get rained on, you know, it sucked getting rained on three times, get all wet and start a fire. Um, the one day it started storming at like three. So laying in a tent by yourself from 3 p.m. till 6 a.m. is quite boring. <laughs> but uh, that sounds terrible. Did you, bring a, did you bring your phone at all? Um, yeah, I brought three books. I read all three you books. actual physical books? Oh, yeah. I brought books and brought my phone. Um, you got to kind of, well, you don't got to kind of, you have to like hike to, I find certain little peaks on different ridges where I could get a, a phone signal, but usually right. you have no signal or no service or anything, which is nice. Um, but yeah, in the future, I don't know. I should find, I mean, it's not a great spot, right? So the success rate, I think I looked up was like nine or 10%, which that's not very good. And that includes the guys with horses and you know what I mean? That, that uh, can really, really get into that unit, which I, I seen their trailers and whatnot. So I think in yeah. the future, but that being said, I still, I should have got one. I just, uh, and the other thing I, um, I mean, I worked my ass off. Right. So I, for six nights and I stayed in the mountain, I never left and just hunted the whole time. And uh, so I was happy about that. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys, I think, take days off and, and whatever so right well that sounds pretty insane yeah it was, it was cool I mean it was weather it was, was uh, would you say weather was the biggest factor then um yeah i don't know i mean weather weather's weather it's just they weren't talking so i don't know yeah. if there's too much hunting pressure around and they've learned that if they talk hunters can come and you know what i mean like they just weren't bugling and uh it's just like turkey hunting when they're not gobbling it makes it infinitely harder um but there i mean there's elk sign everywhere like it's cool to see elk rubs because they're seven feet tall Giants, so trees yeah. ripped up and you know i found uh, multiple wallows and um you know the trails are insane i mean there's there's elk in there obviously and i've seen them it's just they weren't talking which makes it you know it'd be great if they're bugling so i could sneak in on getting close on some bugling but it wasn't that it was just a bunch of still hunting and then um so the storms get rained on get wet what's that their rut must be a couple more weeks out then i don't know i don't know if it's i think it's like around here you know how like some guys are like oh the white tails are rutting like crazy and other guys oh there's nothing happening i think a big part is just the hunting pressure in that area and um so it's like down low so i got i go way way up man like i really get in you know like i said yeah because i did i mean gps so six miles from where i parked is where i camped out and then from the mountaintop I could see down below there's shit a dozen 15 cars parked at the bottom or there's hunters all over the mountain they're just not up as high as me and um so i i just think they uh there's just too much pressure there and they learn to shut up it's the only thing i think yeah. or yeah i don't know man I, I i busted my ass i just uh but you know i always ask for if i go on a hunting trip if i get an opportunity i think that's all you can ask for right and I yeah, I mean, a opportunity. legitimate opportunity. That's <clears throat> that's. I mean, that's really all you can ask for. Just sucks that it, <laughs> you only had like one or two. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
But, uh, you know, highest figures, if your success, if the average successor is 10%, um, it's not very good, right? No. So, so I don't know. Maybe I, I in the next year, I don't know, I might go back, go to a different state. There's still time this year, so we'll see. Right. But, yeah, tell me about uh, Wyoming because I haven't asked you because I want to wait till now. Are you hooked? Yeah. Oh, yes. Severely hooked. Um, I do probably realize that it's probably not why or mule deer hunting isn't as good as that hunting is probably everywhere. <laughs> no, no, that's what I was going to say. So the, the, the buck your buddy got, cause I've gone to South Dakota. Oh my gosh. Over 10 times or more yeah. than that. And, um, I've never seen a buck as big as the one your buddy, I've never seen much less killed. I've never seen one as big as the one your buddy got. Yeah. Um, so kind of, and we, we had not seen a buck that big either. We did not, we knew that there's capabilities of bucks being that big, but did not, um, foresee any type of it just seems like the big bucks just don't like the mature truly mature ones weren't moving at all during the daylight um but like we'd known that there had been a pretty large bucks like that killed in that area and but that was a complete and utter shock to all of us too <laughs> how um, many deer did you see per day on average um that's an interesting question probably like 10 to 20 wow. but it's tough to say because i mean a lot of that is is very right away first half hour of the day and oh, then yeah. maybe you get lucky last 20 minutes in the afternoon um yeah. So like we, yeah i hunted would i hunted five days so like not counting the first day out there not counting the day i left um so five full days of hunting and like you said we i legitimately i took off one afternoon for two hours to go get service and send a couple of emails out other than that it was pretty much sunrise to sunset um we probably did between six to eight miles of hiking a day and then another i don't know 100 miles probably in a truck or utv oh yes you're like driving glass. yeah yeah so um interestingly enough the utv ended up getting me mine so there's there's oil roads everywhere. We had access, we paid access fee to a public or, or for a private piece, but it was surrounded by public. And I think mine was on public and I think Jed's might've been on private, but it's so mixy. Like it's so like up in the air in there. Right. That there really isn't a different, like there isn't a difference besides across the West road that borders all of what we were hunting. Obviously it's a different unit. Can't hunt it. And that so in the morning, you know, they're on their feet. That's when you'd see them. And then midday, yep. they bed up. And then you got to look for like an antler tine or an ear, just something. Yeah. The and this, like, I don't know how South Dakota, I don't know how the top topography was in South Dakota where you hunt, but these things, the craziest thing was where these, these bucks would bed and even does and stuff too. But like, they were legitimately caved, like they are cave dwelling animals. <laughs> like, like deep in crevices and stuff. Oh yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, so like there's deep ravines there and then there's like the ravines that are more sandy, like more sandy hills. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's actual like dugout, like with like overhangs. So like no matter what they are, they're in shade and they have protection. And, and that's where most of them are. And a lot of times there's zero way of you getting eyes on that. And like, we call those, <laughs> yeah. we call them coolers. I don't know what the technical term is. I like ditch ravine, whatever. So we'd, we'd sit you'd you'd hopefully catch a nice one um on its feet in the morning walking across sage flats because every ditch you know there'd be a flat from one ditch to the other ditch um 
I mean, elevate. it's, it's kind of weird. Like I wouldn't say that I was like in an extraordinary shape or anything when I went out there, but walking in that terrain is, is not as difficult as like Wisconsin. Yeah. I would say well, one thing I put in Wisconsin is so slippery. Like you go West, you got Hills are not as steep in uh, like in South Dakota for sure. Or if they are, they're just not, they're not it's like different it's for easier. some reason. It's yeah. It's like, you'd look at a hill and you'd be like, this is going to suck. And then you'd be on the top and be like, oh, it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that probably, you know, in Wisconsin, you turkey out and you're always carrying so much shit and it's wet. You got boots. Like, I don't know. I, it's probably something to do with being light. And But anyway, so physically it wasn't anything out of this world besides a couple different times where stocks got out of hand and we didn't have water and you're still like four miles or three or four miles out. Um, and, but overall weather was nice, which I think made it a little bit more difficult to spot them during the middle of the day. Cause it was cloudy a lot and cooler. And I guess when it's warmer, it's easier to find them in shade pockets and stuff. But so like day one, uh, we started the day by seeing a really nice, and I'd say it's a tad caliber under what Jed shot four by four. Um, like first morning and I was like holy shit <laughs> this is insane and uh, so we watched them made a plan put a move on it and that's where I came to my first realization that when you spot something from a mile away and you think that you're going to go to where they are you are sadly sadly mistaken <laughs> most of the time so the first day we were completely off on the stock of this of this you know lost did you not lost. It's just once you sit back and like realize where you ended up and where you, th then you realize where that <laughs> thing was, you're like, Jesus, you weren't even close. Remember last week when I said, make sure you get like super specific yeah. landmarks. Well, that's, a, that's the issue is like on, on like a aerial map, those, that land, you can't differentiate anything like ditches. Oh yeah. No, you got to look at like anything. this cluster of trees and then this. Yeah, and there's no, there's no trees there. It's like, the best, like the best you can do is like flat rocks, like different color rocks. Well, yep. those live on every single point. <laughs> so yeah, it it's makes, tough, man. I've done it where uh, you get to a spot and you're like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. And then I go back to where I started and, and then get a new, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, and it comes, that this comes into play with my stock too. And so anyways, Jed and I <clears throat> are up on a point. I'm, I'm like, I am certain these deer are in this, in this, uh, ditch somewhere. Two deer come running up to us and like looking back on it now, I was like, that probably was one of the luckiest things we've ever seen. But at the time we're like, Oh yeah, there's like two of the deer of the group. So Jed has a longbow. He's willing to stock a smaller, uh, muley first day. So we put a stock on 15 yard or we kind of blow him out 15 yards stops broadside jed shoots right over his back by like an inch a little forky <laughs> what yep so <laughs> talk about the luckiest miss ever right and i had a couple myself so uh whatever move on um day two sucks like didn't see anything and it's i would say the hardest part of the, that is like sitting up on peaks all day with how windy it is. I never realized like, how much wind just like beats you down. Like, and then it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So in South Dakota and Wyoming, it's windy as hell almost always, which you need yeah. to sneak up on them, right? You need that mm. noise. And if yeah. the wind dies, you're fucked. Like, oh, yeah, no chance. 
so big and so good, you might, I mean, you're, you pretty much might as well just go and hang out at camp, but uh, I still try, but yeah, it, 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 like that wind's grueling, man. It's crazy. It, be, it just like beats you up. It's weird. Like that was probably like, besides we did one six mile like stock and it came up short and it was one of the ones where we didn't have water. Uh, besides that one, I'd say day two where we sat in the wind all day and like, we're very serious about hiking to peaks and, and, and glassing. That was probably like the most tired I was. Cause just like the wind beat you down all day and you just, we just saw nothing. So day two, well, actually day two in the morning. So there is, there are people at camp have a crossbow. That is a Raven crossbow. The thing is literally deadly at a hundred yards. Like that's our equalizer in the camp. Like if something yeah. happens, people want to give up <laughs> the crossbow is coming out. Um, or if it's like a weird stock from the road or something. So that morning, Jed and I saw a decent or like a group of three, like pretty nice bucks, not far from the road, grabbed the crossbow, crawled out to him to 70 yards, rose up, shot, nothing. And I was like, what the fuck was that? We looked back on the camera. Jed, I had never used the crossbow before, so Jed put it in for me and the bolt got put in upside down. So it came out of there the uh, bow and just doved into the dirt. Oh, he put the fletch in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was like my legitimate, like only shot I had at a decent buck before that. I had another shot with the crossbow at like 75 yards that, or like 80 yards and um, well, whatever. So like the point is I missed as well. And, and you can call them, <laughs> they're lucky misses um, because what ended up happening was way better anyways. Um, so yeah, we go through day two and three of just grueling. Like this is the worst thing I've ever done. And day one wasn't exactly great either. Like, like you can't find these things. They're the most skittish animals in the world. They literally after fucking the first half hour of light, they're gone. And like, you know, it's funny. I, I took a friend out one time and uh, we get to the spot and he's just like, there's no fucking deer here. I'm like, dude, trust me. They just vanish into like thin air. And then all of a sudden they'll just whoop start popping up out of these little ditches and coolers you call them it's so cool yeah yeah i mean it is awesome and so like i started getting like anxiety in the mornings where i was like if we don't get on something right away we're back to the drive down every oil road step out on every point glass every cooler like it's the same you know it's the same shit when like during the day you can only do so much stuff right and then like we we even got to the point where we started stocking like big ditches like stocking every cooler like it was like the one stock um we knew a couple bucks had went down in a ditch that's all we knew so like the ditch i think the the stock ended up being about two and a half miles i'd say the ditch was probably about a mile and a half long <clears throat> and we're like oh yeah it won't be that hard we'll just go me and jed on each side of the ditch his dad in the middle and we'll walk the whole thing down and we'll just stock every cooler like there's a deer in it and just take it very seriously well, two and a half hours later of that, me carrying my bowl like this for two and a half miles and three hours, and uh, we bust out the bu only buck in the ditch at the last part of it, and it just blows out the bottom side of it. At the very end, once you start getting lazy. Yeah. Well, and it was like, the whole time you're like, don't fucking be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Like, this, it, this no. is the ditch. This is the ditch. This is the cooler. This is the ditch. Like, take this seriously, because the other guys in camp, like, it's all you preach is, like, take this one seriously. You can't fucking lighten up because the one you lighten up on, it's going to be on. 
And all it was was the deer was on my side. I had like, I would say I was good the whole time. I took every single thing very seriously. And it was just a thing that I did not think was a place that they would be. And Jed saw him because he's in the other ditch and he saw the buck tucked up in like a, like under a root system in, in the, like the main bottom ditch. Well, there's all these fingers going off that. So like I was always up checking those and yeah, he busted out the bottom. Anyway, so like after day three, I'm like, this is like, we're fine. There's no way we're going to get a deer. Not a nice one, at least like hopefully get lucky and, and get a scrub, you know, forky spot from the Yeah. Yeah. Fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy spike or fuzzy fork. You would have been happy with. So day four comes along. Um, we start splitting off more. Um, this and this is kind of where the camera equipment started getting forgotten. <laughs> so it started to be a lot of solo people out and like we'd regroup and try to get a stock on. So I went off with uh, another guy in camp. This is where we saw, we saw two really nice bucks. Um, and we did a mile and a half, mile, mile and a half hike in to the, to the spot where we were glassing and like within 30 seconds saw two nice bucks and <clears throat> got ran buck just, you know, cause when they crest the hill, cause I remember the day before I just did the, the giant stock of a whole ditch. And then like you learn a lesson that these ditches aren't just ditches. Like they have giant fingers that run up through them and it, it's a nightmare. Like, you have no clue where they're going to be. So I start freaking out. I'm like, they're going over a hill. We don't know what that ditch looks like on the other side. Cause it was all uh state land and BLM, like way past like where the ranch was. So we take off and probably run half the way down to cut them off. We see them one last time cresting over this flat. So we decide to do the ditch thing again. So I go all the way up <laughs> and take this giant ditch down, even bigger than the one the day before. And we do the same thing where we stock every single place. And uh, yeah, I, at the end, dead tired, I take one step and literally an inch away from a rattlesnake. Nice. They yeah. warn you. <clears throat> he didn't warn you? No. Oh. Uh, my buddy, Jake, was behind me. He says, keep walking. There's a rattlesnake right next to your left foot. And I, like, looked down like this while I was walking. and just kept going. So. I, well, I, they've doing... always warned me. They'll, you know what I mean? They're like, hey, pick yeah. up, fucker. So I'm pretty much done with this fucking place. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm not about to get bit. Because that was, like, we were still, like, three miles out. No water. Get bit by a rattlesnake there. Like, that's not looking good. <clears throat> so that stock or that whole trip there was six miles about four four hours worth and like it's not going well but i get back to my car get service i get a text from jed saying he hit a giant so like all right and he goes well it's i think i hit it in the guts <laughs> haven't found it like oh great here we go again like another nightmare so we go <clears throat> um start driving to head off uh jed and his dad were walking uh the last ravine they saw the buck go into um and all i knew at that point was that it was a really nice buck jed had shot it after like fucking around and was like half-ass prepared for it that's all we knew we get to the bottom of the ditch we hear yelling they found it they had to put a few more arrows in it and uh the overall story of that is jed separated off from his dad went off the spot, a hillside, has his longbow, and he always carries a field target with him, shoots at a bush or something just because he's bored and, like, messing around, 
goes and picks up the thing and looks over to his right and sees like a like I'm talking about like a little cooler that tucks back in. He's like, hmm, I didn't notice that was like as shaded and as like deep, deeply cut in as it was. So he luck think like to his credit, he took it very took it seriously, put a good arrow in, stalk stalked the cooler, gets to where he sees the bed of the buck, uh, sees that it's fresh but there's no buck and then looks to his left and the fucking thing standing in the bottom of the ditch feeding on sage. And he's at 15 yards. Oh, Jesus and, Christ. Uh, he had a little, little hole to shoot through and he kind of hit him quartering two. So it did go out through his guts. All he did was go over one. He made it over one hill and he was laying there still alive. And they just finished him off about an hour later. But so <laughs> moral of the story there is that giant, we have no clue. It was like, there was bucks that big in that area. We did not see one that big. It was essentially him stumbling upon it and, but being well prepared for it. So I was happy with the trip at that point. I wish we would have had a video of it, but I was like, you can't plan. Like once you, once you start splitting off and people are just, <clears throat> you know, trying to find one, there's not much you can do. You want to hear a crazy Mulder story that's got two really good lessons? Yeah. Great story. Three really good lessons. Three. So I'm out with his buddy and a small Mulder buck on a hillside. And he decides to, he wants to try and loop around and get in front of it and cut it off, which that never works. Like it just doesn't work. And I'm like, but it's like, it was his turn for hunting together. I'm like, Hey man, it's your hunt. You, whatever you want to do, have at it. I'll wait here and keep eyes on him. And, uh, buck meandered off and he never seen it again after he went around the hill. Then he comes back to me and he's like, where's my pack? I'm like, what do you mean? Where's your pack? He took it with you. And he's like, I did. And he didn't mark it when he set it down, right? You yeah. always mark your fucking pack when you set it down. So then it was just he and I, him wandering aimlessly looking for this pack, right? And he just wandered around like a fucking maniac. And I kept my track on my GPS. So I knew exactly where we had walked. And he's like, I know it's over here. It's, I just know it. And I'm like, dude, look at the GPS. We never walked anywhere near there. But he's so goddamn stubborn. He just had to go look that way anyhow. And as he's walking around angry, not even sneaking, sneaking, also I see him like stalking. I'm like, fuck. So I sneak over there and watch him. And here's this nice buck, really nice mule deer buck, bedded up, and he's sneaking up on it. And the thing already had an arrow in it, right? So all of a sudden it comes up in front of him. My buddy shoots it. It tries to run away and it's like dragging its ass because he's spined it. Mm -hmm. So I start fucking just sprinting as hard as I can. And I get up to it and I pull back. So I'm pulling, I'm full draw at this. I'm literally two yards from this deer laying on the ground that's paralyzed. And my buddy yells at me. He's like, no, I want to finish it off. So I like draw my arrow down or whatever and turn around to, you know, as my buddy's coming. And I turn around, the buck gets up and takes off fucking running. What? Yeah. I'm literally one step away, full draw as is laying there. And he tells his yells, don't shoot. I want to do it. I'm like, so I just let down. So he hit it like in a, like in a spinous process. He must've nicked the spine and temporarily paralyzed this thing. And uh, also the thing gets up and takes off running. And I just went in a dead sprint. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to chase this fucker. He's got to go back down. And I'm yeah. sprinting and sprinting. And I ran all the way, chased him until I got to the top of the hill. And that thing just kept running and, and it just, it never stopped. Right. Wow. So lessons one, you can't cut off it. I mean, I'm sure it could work sometimes, but I think it's always better. Try and keep your eyes on them as long as you can until they bed down. 
and then mark where they bet and then plan your stock, right? It's, yep. it's just the only way, the only, the only way to do it. Always mark your pack if you set it down in those rolling hills because everything looks so similar. So he lost his pack, his knife, his license. We never, he his never deer. found it. <laughs> lost everything, plus he lost the deer. And to this day, this dumb fucker claims that some hunter was watching him and went and stole his pack and ran back to their truck. <laughs> but oh, geez, that didn't happen. He just couldn't find it. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It was a pretty nice buck. I'm talking, it was laying by my feet. And I'm all I have to do is just hit the trigger and put an arrow through his chest. And uh, turn around, that fucker got up and ran away. That's crazy. And that, well, I, I, have a, I have a pretty odd <clears throat> white tail spinal cord injury thing like that, where I killed a buck with an arrow and hit him high. And he ended up being paralyzed, but not for like 400 yards. And when I scut him out, his spine had a arrow through him. I could put my put my finger in his spine. How That's weird is that? That is weird. But he made it like all the way down a ravine into a ditch, and I found him completely like like what you would see it, a broken back, right in a ditch. But he was four hundred yards away from where I shot him. I see. I, I do the same thing. Great big, uh, a big bull elk. I seen my aluminum just disappear in his chest. <clears throat> Right. And then he just took a few steps and I, I just, I'm just waiting for him to fall over. And um, also he took a few more steps, a few more steps. Next thing you know, the thing takes off jogging. And if I had half a brain in me, I would have shot it again as it's just standing there. So what happened when I went up and found my arrow, I hit it right in the shoulder and my aluminum popped off. Like if you shoot a rock or a board, yep. and it literally pushed my broadhead up in the arrow. Like I shot a rock. So my arrow hit his fucking shoulder and just bounce straight back off that's a fucking great but the point is if you can keep shooting keep shooting like if they're laying oh, yeah. there if they're just shoot until they stop twitching yep that's, uh, that's what that's what that's what they 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 had learned that in previous years so i mean i think that thing ended up having four arrows on it five arrows it's <laughs> just a pin cushion <clears throat> but it's a dead yeah. pin cushion yeah i mean it, it's worth like it's also like changes your shot objective too a little bit because you can a little different than whitetails so you can chase them down <laughs> a little easier in, in that open oh yeah dude that's what like uh, I, I i i don't know maybe i'm crazy but i don't think no deer are as tough as whitetails either personally um no i would i mean they do crazy they, I mean, they're still obviously capable of doing crazy shit but yeah i'm sure but uh, like if i shoot and it disappears i mean i just sprint to the hill as quick as I can and because you can just keep keep eyes on them you know yeah or obviously around here that's not an option all right tell me about your buck yeah so um end of day four we got the got the deer out and I went for a quick drive again before dark trying to find something and saw a really big buck again Good. um which was rare especially like They'd been, Jed had been out, has been out, they hunted a mule deer last year out there. So like the common thought practice was like at night, you weren't seeing anything older than like three and a half years old. Like big bucks just didn't show up at, like they just weren't coming out. And I saw a really nice one, <clears throat> got like 200 yards and lot, like the darkness screwed me. But so I kind of got re-energized there. Um, the, the last day starts, crappy weather. Um, we, I tried stalking 
a really scrubby, like forky shot with that crossbow at like 80 yards and I sailed it over his back. So I'm pretty much, uh, I hate myself, but <laughs> so at that point we start driving around in like the Creek bottom area of this ranch where there's like whitetails and, and a bunch of, uh, deer bedded, uh, just trying to get anything close with the UTV and with a crossbow and just filling a tag. Cause I was, I knew I was leaving the next morning. So there's these oil roads that are not being used and you can't get down with trucks, but the UTV can, um, handle them. And there was this one oil road in the center of the property or center of like the square that we're hunting that we had never went down. And there was a bunch of like really good terrain in there, but like no one had ever been in there cause you couldn't drive in there. <clears throat> and just it was we hadn't paid enough attention to it so i said we have to go down there um once before i leave and i know there's a giant rainstorm coming so we have to do it now like at noon or something so we take off and literally the first is it was like magic like my binoculars like were fucking magnetic to this deer stop the utv glass cooler up on the hill and there's this buck sitting out like on a rock ledge which is weird because like all the deer we've seen before are so far tucked back, but it was cool, cloudy, and it's about to rain. Um, so he, and it had rained that morning. So for whatever reason, he was out in the open and he's up on like these rocks and these rock ledges. So we go back and get Jed's dad. This time Jed stays and we don't lose sight of him. I circle up around, walk up this big hill and I get up to the top waiting for Jed to get in the spot where he can see we got radios and it starts downpouring torrential downpour sheets of rain coming across this this uh um grassland jed can't see anything <clears throat> and he goes you have to do it alone because when i looked at the radar last i thought this rain was going to last for like two hours so i didn't know what what that buck was going to do and i thought i had a good idea where he was so i started stalking him in the pouring down rain um and I take him, I take, I took the crossbow for it. So <clears throat> I get where it's thundering and lightning and raining. And I start stocking these coolers. And finally it lightens up to not like a torrential downpour, but like a steady downpour. And I check my radio I'm like, Jed, do you see, can you see yet? Can you see nothing? And all of a sudden I, I start, I start going around to our cooler and I start hearing something in my pocket from the radio. <laughs> I pull my radio out. And he's like, dude, stop fucking moving you're way past him like he, he probably can see you right now if he looks that way so i was like i have no clue what's going on i just dropped down and i'm trying to listen and still pouring like he can't understand anything i'm saying i can kind of understand him so i'm walking around this up on this top of this peak like this and uh i finally like i start slowly like going back the way i came and he goes i hear him say stop I can see where he's at. And he's like, just walk in line with me <clears throat> So walk directly at me. All right. So there's a big rock right in front of me in between him and I. So I figured he was on the other side of that rock because I remember from, you know, spotting him before he was out in front of a pretty big like cliff face. And I knew it was gonna be kind of sketchy where he was. So I go up, stalk that he's not in there. I get back to my knees and I'm like, where the fuck is he? And I look to my right and there I see his like tips of his red ass horn sticking out from the rock. So I go, shut up, shut up. I see him. 
crawl up a little bit more and all I have is the back of his head looking he's just locked on Jed like Jed's the only thing in the world that exists a mile away and all Jed is just sitting on a on a hillside watching him so I range him at 60 range finders all fucked up from the rain I lift the crossbow up the crossbow scopes all just like rain filled and um, I actually consider taking the shot at 60 because I did feel comfortable at that point because I actually had shot the thing. And uh, I mean, that, those things are pretty insane. But I, uh, there was one more rock legend between us that if I got to, I, I mean, it'd be a game over. So with the help of the rain, the wind switching, everything was working in my favor. He was locked onto Jed. I crawled down, peeked up over <laughs> this rock and it was at six yards and he was still locked onto Jed. And I drove a drove an arrow through the back of his head. Oh him. Jesus! I was gonna ask why I didn't see any holes in the photo. Yeah, he uh, he got a arrow right up the back of his neck into his um, head, and he died right there in his bed. Did it twitch or was it just stone? It was. Pre- it gave like one, like ten second, like death kick, like a minute after. But it was it was like ha, I've never seen anything like that before. But I mean, either it's either that or you sit and wait for him to stand up. And I, oh, right, at six right. yards, like yeah, put the you put the bow like scope on him or whatever it was, and every single yardage pin is lining in the back of his neck. Right, 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 right. So I felt pretty confident, and <laughs> I know Jed's perspective was pretty hilarious because he I mean he's sitting there looking at his binoculars. He sees me crest up over a hill. Um, and then his head, like the deer's head just goes, boom, like just drops down and done. Like we Six literally quartered, quartered him out in his bed. That's crazy. Dude, mule deer fun. Mule deer hunting is so much fun. Well, it's just, just insane. It's like when you're, when you're sitting, walking up to this animal, it's like I hadn't been closer than 70 yards to anything yet. Right. Like it felt damn near impossible to get close to him. And it just. And like when you see him looking away, and you know he's locked onto something else, and it's like it was like Plus, a I mean, it was great. So if it, you know, storming, it's obviously windy. Just got done raining, so it's just as quiet as quiet. Oh, it was. It was still raining. It was still. It was oh, still yeah. like a solid, like pouring, but it just wasn't. Oh, that's perfect. Like, like yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're not getting him six yards if uh, you know what I mean. They hear so damn good. Yeah, yeah. We were lucky. The wind. The wind was pretty consistent throughout the day like middle of the day was always had at least like a 20 mile an hour wind so yeah. like our stock our, we never really lost like we never got screwed by a calmness and i i definitely like we kind of waited a couple times in the mornings to do a stock to get to where the wind picked up but right you're damn i've done it you know, i have the only way i've ever snuck up on one where it's kind of calm is i gotta take my boots off and just and i'll wear i'll bring like thick socks it's it's the only way and even then, still like you just gotta have a lot of other things kind of going. I think I'm gonna bring my uh, wrestling shoes next time because uh, one of the guys yeah, that's soft, had, just little leather had stalkers had stalkers actually made for that, and they were looked like they were literally just wrestling shoes with camo. Well, my well, I don't have wrestling shoes anymore, but if yours are anything like mine, where they'd smell them from like 16 miles away. Well, yeah, I mean, rotten ass wrestling shoe feet. <laughs> That's true. I do have a pair of those Rulons that have like tires for for uh, soles, and like I think those would be really good. 
But do you guys can go back next year? Yeah. Yeah. You're hooked. Oh yeah. How far of a drive was it? It's. I mean, I know Jed made it last year one time because he went back out for gun season. He didn't get one during bow season. He made it like in ten and a half hours. Oh, that's not Uh, too bad. It it took me fifteen on the way back. Just because of napping or what? No. Dude, I drove the whole way through. I never stopped driving. It was freaking South Dakota that all the, the floods that came here, I was like, like the rain that got me my deer is the same system that ended up flooding like everything in Southwest Wisconsin here. Well, it right. also like tore apart South Dakota. So like I was, I was like following behind it, got to a point where it was like I-90 was closed in South Dakota. Like, hundred mile, hundred mile, like detour. I had to go oh, wow. like an hour long. So in my like stupidness, I tried doing my own detour because there wasn't good signs or like any directions on it. So I got fucking stuck out on a back road in South Dakota in between two washouts. <laughs> I had to take my UTP off, take the trailer off, get turned around and like floor it out through flooded waters. Oh, like, Jesus Christ. Dude, I, I drove 30 hours <clears throat> and never a drop of rain. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I ended up catching the whole storm that that night when I got to like uh, normal weather. It's about ten and a half hours. Yeah, I would say it's probably you probably do like twelve hours. Twelve and a half is like being a psycho and like driving really fast and like not stopping for anything. Yeah, so I'm gonna go to South Dakota in probably uh, three weeks and chase some mules, but it's it's a lot different. I mean, I've gone three days without seeing a single deer. It's just uh, yeah different it's different but i still enjoy it but it's, it's the same you know I, I like to get up there first light catch them before they go to bed that's you know that's the best time is get them on their feet and i just keep my eyes on them until they go to bed and hopefully they bed in a stalkable spot and then after that it's just cresting over little hills and ravines looking for a little ear or a little antler or sometimes you get lucky and they get up to piss or they get up for a snack kind of like that one uh jed got where it just happened to be up snacking yep right? it was up yep snacking yeah, say, and that's what's that's what's so difficult is those these like coolers there they live in like they can they can get up a hundred times and you're not gonna see them most of them like there's there's not an angle that you can get on these things that you can actually ever see them. Yeah, there are some beds where it's impossible, but there's also some where like from one angle you can see them and you move two steps and they disappear. So it's just like it, but I mean that's all you can do is try and try and try, and then once you see one try to sneak up within six yards. It's fun. I love that. I love sneaking up on it. It's just so much fun. And then oh, too, then in the afternoon they get up to feed. But the bad thing with that is you're chasing the clock, right? Cause it's about. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but I have gone. They're not going to be in the, they're not going to be in the same place usually the next day. We hadn't, we have. I mean, a little different than a whitetail, right? They can just roam anywhere. But yeah, I think some of them. Animals, so like, and like these ones aren't migratory at all, but I mean they still have that in their blood. Like they're not. Here's what you'll find though, because I've been going to this one spot for years, and it's huge. Well, it's not not nearly as big as where you guys were, but it's like um, it's big, right? It's just big open country, and they'll love this like the same valleys, the same pockets. Like once you find them, they're always there. So every year now I go back, I know exactly where to go and I know exactly. So you got all this terrain, but there's just certain spots that they like. And um, here's what's really crazy. I saw the quote, so there's this, like the exact same divots where my knees were. I shot two mule deer, like from the exact same place I was kneeling 
out of really? all that expensive Western land. Like how crazy is that? Separate years, the deer are in the exact same freaking spot. So every time you go, it'll get easier for you because you'll figure it out out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go and find it, yeah, if you find enough of these these coolers with beds in it, like we started, I mean, I started marking all the ones. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, can hear you. Me? Sorry. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, so I started marking all these um, like different coolers with beds in them. And, and yeah, like at some point you're going to start narrowing it down. It's just such a, <laughs> I mean, even checking all those places in a day, you're going to end up chasing your own tail because it's just yeah. so much ground to cover. The other thing too, I remember this one, the one spot I like going to South Dakota, the first time I went there, I spent all day, never seen a freaking deer. And I'm like, this place sucks. So I'm literally just, instead of sneaking, I'm just walking back out, walking my vehicle, just random pace. And I just happen to glance over my right shoulder and there's just these three nice mature bucks. And if it wasn't for that one glance, I would have never went back to this spot that I now go to every year. It's, it's just crazy yeah. how like, they just disappear and then all of a sudden they're just like, fuck, there's deer all over. Like, it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I try, I mean, especially because I'm so analytical about shit. Like, I really tried nailing down, like, what is something that, like, what is the key thing that they're, like, seem to be attracted to, like, in every area that we keep seeing deer? Because you're right, like, different pockets always produce um, some type of deer, not necessarily the same deer every day. But, and it, it's just, it seems to be the more broken areas with the bigger flats. Like, if you got a big flat with a lot of broken area around it, like, that's a good spot. Yeah, those ravines with the, you know, there's always the, the, the green bushes in those ravines that they like to feed on. And a lot of them, they can bed right inside those things. They disappear in them, eat on them, and then lay back down and just disappear. It's uh, well, and you're, and you're worse, probably, though. And you're walking by how many in a day because they are oh, God. incredible. Like, <laughs> Tons of them. Incredible. The worst, camouflage. the hardest thing I found is sometimes they'll bed, like, in the wide open on a side hill. Right, so they're easy as hell to see, but there's just no way in hell you can get close to them. Like it's yeah. like it, it counterintuitive. So like, you know, when they hunker themselves in, they also kind of like screw themselves a bit. But if they just lay it on the edge of it until gun season comes along, then it'd be super easy. Well, that's what to I said too. Like you, a lot of these things are like you're just like trapping yourself in here. But I mean, they don't really have that. Like out there, they don't really have that much for predators that are gonna like actually kill them. Besides humans. how many coyotes did you see? Only like two. Really, man, I see coyotes yeah. all the time. I've literally seen a doe, a mule deer doe, and a coyote walking like side by side, ten yards apart. It's like there's so many um, prairie dogs and pheasants and shit, and mice and voles for coyotes to eat. It's like they didn't even bother the deer. Yeah. Yeah, the doe out there are completely different animals than the bucks because no one, there's no doe season, so they never get shot at. They never get hunted. Are they stand, dumb? Oh, yeah, they'll stand by the road 20 yards. See, man, where I'm at, I honestly – well, it is. It would, it's definitely would be harder to get a doe than one of the bucks. They're so goddamn – especially a doe with a fawn. They are so freaking smart. You know, bucks are yeah. like us. They're pretty dumb trying to get laid, right? Mm-hmm. But these does are like – Man, it's ridiculous how well. Yeah. I mean, but to back, up, to back up your point, though, like, before we got there, I didn't witness this at all, but I know what you're saying is where they, they'll bet out in the open. Um, they were more bachelor grouped up, like, the first few days that the other the half of our hunting group was out there because they went out, like, three days before us, and they were dealing with, like, groups of, like, six to eight bucks. Oh, yeah. And the big bucks would, the big bucks would literally 
like they were legitimate satellite bucks. They was they was bed in circles around the big bucks. Yep. And there's just nothing you could do. And they'll bed like each facing in different directions. So they have like yeah. all 360 degrees covered. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I I don't know what if this was a because there was still a batch of group of five the day I left that we had chased um, two days. But other than that, like there was like that they were like in that awkwardness of like breaking up and going to find their own stuff. So that could have been a that could have been a an it thing that helped me kill mine because maybe he just wasn't used to actually tucking in yet but those big ones were like a big one jet had was that thing was by itself Very. and i'm sure he was nocturnal like i'm sure he was not showing his face during the day because we never saw him so you guys seen bucks every day oh yeah yeah look man see, yep. i need it i gotta stop being so stubborn and drive a little bit farther to get into more deer you know where i go i mean i'll, I'll go days without seeing a deer sometimes and yeah. uh, seeing bucks every day be a hell of a lot more fun. Yeah, I don't have anything to go off of it, but yeah, it sounds better. <laughs> we definitely yeah. see deer out there. So, like the mornings, you're guaranteed to. That's why it makes it hard because kind of like part of you wants to go um, venture off into a new point and like just glass a giant flat. But the other part of you is like cover more ground driving and you see more deer driving. Um, and I, don't, I didn't really never never really came to a conclusion on what was best. I, I, probably I, I, I would say just, I would say just, yeah, I mean, like, if you want to, like, get at multiple opportunities throughout the week, I think you have to just cover as much ground as you possibly can, so UTV and vehicles do come in handy, but right. it's, yeah, it's just tough, it's, you're, you feel like you're always doing something wrong until it works out, and then you feel like the smartest person in the world. Yeah, that's what, like, where I go, it's either, you're on a, either, you're on a bicycle on the, or, uh, but mainly just walk in. Just gotta, you know what I mean. Walk in really far, um, because that's where the bigger ones are, right? The farther you go in, usually, um, because that's where the hunters aren't. And uh, but it's fun. I really enjoy it. But yeah, talk about white sure. is really quick. I think it's gonna be kind of a boring week with, uh, for me anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the weather right now. Um, yeah, 82 today, 80 Tuesday, 80 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Looks like rain, and then. I think your first break's going to be um, Sunday, Monday. Monday's a high of 69. So Which Sunday's is still pretty freaking warm. Yeah. But you're looking at uh, – depending on how warm it is Friday and Saturday, I mean, it's supposed to get down low 50s, possibly 40s on Sunday and Monday. So that that might be a, a big one for, for a people. A cold front moving in. Did you get a chance to check your cameras yet? Yeah. So uh, interest, interesting – um three days before that rain came in or whatever because i guess it rained here for like three days in a row pretty much and the last day wasn't all that flooding happened three days before that man every camera was loaded with bucks sparring they started to lose their velvet um and mature bucks too and then the few days after that there had been nothing um nothing to speak of so i don't have my biggest one spotted yet without without his velvet. I had last time I last time I had a picture of him was like August like 29th. So I still need to get eyes on him, but I didn't check that many cameras in that area. And other than that, like I found a couple. There's a couple really nice ones. That what are, about that new lease? Have you checked cameras there yet? No, that's a, that that will be an issue. Um, 
last time I checked cameras there, there's one decent, like probably like 140 eight pointer that's frequenting the cameras there. Other than that, there really isn't much, but that's also not far from where the worst of the flooding was. So that, that piece could be really messed up because oh, a lot of that is, uh, but we have not been down there yet. That's one of my goals this week. At what least is with south, Southwest Wisconsin flooding every single year? Like what, three, four years in a row now? Say it again. The Southwest Wisconsin just floods every year. I, I think it's just crazy. Well, I mean, I think it has something to do with our, I don't know. It's crazy. It doesn't help that we have giant peaks and hills and everything rushes down like one area. Well, yeah, that's one of, the, one of the problems with monoculture farming over the year. When you have nothing but corn and soy, it doesn't hold water, right? So you get terrible yeah. runoff and you get those deep, deep cuts. The deep ravines just keep getting deeper and steeper. But, I mean, like when I was driving through South Dakota, like that wasn't any better. It's all flat and water, like every single waterway in an ag field turned into a complete river washed across roads. Like, yep. Yeah, it's it's yeah, the problems good. of weather. <laughs> yeah. Problems of weather. And for whatever reason – yeah, like this area is susceptible to it. But I mean, if you look at it, like north of it's yeah, it's been southwest Wisconsin is pretty much the place that gets nailed. Yeah, it's crazy. Up to up to like Trempeleau area and stuff. Yeah, I got home. Well, I just got home this morning, so I haven't had a chance to check cameras. But I mean, me personally, when it's hot and buggy, I really don't enjoy bow hunting at all. Oh, hate it. It's, so I don't, I don't think it's worth, you know, I mean, why do something I don't really enjoy unless I had like a giant buck that was patterned, which I don't. So my plan this week is to uh, get w one of my trainers. I'm going to try and get him his first deer. So I got deer coming through. Well, I had, I'm sure they still are like every single morning in front of the stand that I put up for him. So either tomorrow or Thursday morning, I'm going to take him out and put him up in that tree and see, I might sit with him and film it. I don't know. Um, that'd be kind of fun for me to, but yeah, that's my goal for the week is just to uh, get another dude his first deer, which is I think is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure, that'd be awesome. And then show him how to. Did you guys hang your? Did you guys butcher your, your mule deer on the spot, or did you do uh, Wisconsin style? No, we quartered it out on, on the spot. Nice. See, I love that. Yeah, it was I, interesting. It was interesting uh, handling velvet antlers that people are planning on shoulder mounting is a nightmare. <laughs> didn't realize how uh how fragile that is yeah because i mean they're right they're right about like literally the one that jed killed he just thrashed around a little bit when he died and like the one whole one whole side of his stuff it got ripped off um it's yeah it's crazy how like because i'll have a buck on camera and they'll be full velvet and the next morning completely hard horned like it's a very oh it's quick it's 24 like that's why mine was Mine was bright red, bloody horned when I killed him, and within ten minutes of shooting him, is he lost the red? Oh, really? The second that blood left, yeah. The second he died, hard horned. Yeah, he was hard horned, and uh, but he still had red, like vibrant red antlers. So like he just he just lost it, and, and like the <clears throat> it's all over his antlers was his was the excess uh, um, velvet. But yeah, right when he died, like I got the pictures of him are awesome because they're, we literally took pictures right away, but yeah, within 10 minutes of those pictures, he was, he was gray horned. Have you eaten him yet? Eaten any of it yet? Yeah. Ate, uh, ate the inner loins and the back straps. Did a bacon Shocking. wrap. Bacon. Yeah. So did you bacon notice any wrap, difference smoker. between that and whitetail? 
I would say it tastes, I think it tastes better, but it's a little bit tougher. Oh, really? A little tougher, huh? You just overcooked it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the inside loin was really good, but <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think, uh, for some reason, I think it tastes better. I think it has better flavor for some reason. So I do. Look, I, I, mean, I, I, I really think they taste better. Like, uh, for sure. <clears throat> um, how lean was it? Were they nah, either really they're pretty, they're like super so lean? Fat. What's that? They're so fat. Super fatty? Fattest animals ever. Really? Just covered in Dude, fat. Dude, they're huh? so fat. Like, they're so giant, too. The bodies they're big are animals, giant. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot bigger animal. Like, nothing. <laughs> had fat. Nothing are compared to fields around there where you hunt? Not really. Very, like... Oh like half-ass hay fields are around that ranch, but nothing like – I never saw them out there feeding in them. Like, oh, man, because all the – not saying they don't at night, but – The mule deer I've gone in, in South Dakota, like I've trimmed zero fat. They've just been so lean, all of them. Are they migratory? I don't know. I, well, I, I doubt it. I mean, there's there wouldn't be anywhere else to go. That would crowd um, – I don't know. I know these ones aren't migratory, which would, I assumed was part of the reason why they were so fatty, but I, I think both of them are just big ass bucks. Like they're both mature, old, fat bucks. <laughs> yeah. Like just giant. I mean, bodies. you know, there's big, but fat. Yeah. These ones, I've never seen them fat, but they are big animals, like uh, much, much bigger than um, white tails. Oh. This is pretty cool. Dude, the, their front, I would say like the only thing comparable is their front quarter, similar to a hind quarter of a of a whitetail yeah like it's pretty awesome buck. like thing had they have to be 300 pounds dressed out like jeds oh yeah i'm sure the bigger ones yeah yeah because i yeah yeah they're uh they're, they're big animals they're pretty they're awesome i love watching them run i love everything about it i love the stalking i love it's just fun it's a lot of fun i mean whitetail hunting is super cool too um but i like you know moving and chasing stuff so well i don't and, and the thing is like it doesn't have to be separate because like I really enjoy whitetail hunting the last two weeks of October through November. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Like specifically in that place, like you could, there is no hunting after the second week of October out there. Cause like, so they don't even have like, that's another reason why they're probably big. Cause there's no hunting them when they're in the rut. Oh really? That's awesome. Like we, we were talking to local, like the local ranch guy and he's like, you should see. So like we can't, we didn't know there was like giants in there. Cause like you should see the giants that come into this ranch, like, and you see them during daylight during the rut, like there's a run around like idiots, like just giant, like you don't ever see them any time of the year, but like they're here. <clears throat> and that's mainly probably because they're just nocturnal all year, except then. And they, oh, then they might come from out of the area, but yeah. No, so. so I like you can, um, um, you know, go chase elk and then chase mule deer and then whitetail late October, early November. And then uh, I'm actually thinking about it. Depends. I'm gonna go out to uh, South Dakota here in a few weeks. But if it, you know, if I if I don't get anything, I'm gonna go. I'm thinking about going back like during Thanksgiving because yeah. I really I don't like Wisconsin gun hunting at all. So it's like, well, I got the time off and I get annoyed by whatever. So I might go out then see what it's like. Depending on. I really I really hope I can kill a nice buck here and get it like not not saying get it over with because I mean it's going to be a nice buck if I kill it. Um, but if I if I were to get something done in the in October, I I think I'd I would uh, lean towards a spot and stock whitetail hunt somewhere. Yeah. Like. I said, did you guys see any whitetails out there or no? 
just a couple. Supposedly there's some nice ones in the, in like, but the, you know, they live in a completely different place. Like they weren't like, they weren't living where we were mainly hunting. They were living down in this river bottom where all the sage yeah. bottoms are and sage flats. And then like where the hay fields are. And they're living in like the grass is probably like six feet tall. And they're all just in there five feet yeah. tall, maybe. Were there uh, like a river going through the ranch? Yep. Right around where the ranch is, there's the one river. And uh, that's where like all the whitetail were and all the, that's where only like, the only vegetation is. Right. And the mule deer weren't too terribly far away. Oh, uh, there was mule deer living in there. Yeah. I never saw any like big ones in there, but yeah, I mean, where we ended up hunting mainly was probably like 10 miles away from there. Cause they say like, like mule deer need to drink, you know, they can't water pretty much every day. So they're, well, there's, there's watering, there's watering holes everywhere. Oh, there are. Oh, yeah. For, okay. for cattle. Yeah. Like they have all those solar water holes. Like so they have solar oh, power out and, and there's running. Um, so like, I, I, I would say there's never a spot that's very far away from water. Like there's water everywhere. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, hey, hopefully, who knows? Maybe I'll have a cool story about this guy getting deer, but other than that, um, hopefully, maybe you get out this week and find something big. Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm looking at Monday. It's probably going to be my first day in a tree. I'm going to a Packer game on Sunday, so hopefully Monday afternoon. Only a high of 69 says. What's so, the low? 50. Nice. I'll try and get on the morning. Do you? Hey, here's a quick question. Whitetail. Do you prefer mornings or afternoons better? Oh, I prefer mornings 100%. I will not hunt a morning right now, though. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <clears throat> I know people have success on it. I just, I feel like there's, I feel like right now is like, yeah, you can kill a nice buck. If, if you have a nice buck and you're ready to kill him, like, by all means, go for it. But I think people get, like I know I have at least, and I, I shouldn't use other people but like me in general. Um, it's I know I'm hurting myself more than anything. Like just because it's deer season doesn't mean you have to be in the tree. Like I think every time you go, it needs to be a plan to kill. And if my conditions don't line up, then I'm not going. Like so, but give me that first frosty morning in October, and I'll be sitting in a tree. And then November, I prefer mornings a hundred. Yeah, times absolutely. Over yeah, so I got this spot I set for this dude. It's like 60 meters, 100 meters, I don't know, behind my garage. But uh, the deer, a bunch of does, they come through like every morning heading back to their bedding area. So that's why I was going to put him in the morning. It's crazy. It's like, uh, I don't know where they, they must take a different path in the afternoon. It's like they're always coming through in the morning, but not in the afternoon for some reason. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I usually, uh, I won't go out unless it's a cold front or it's, it's, uh, it's going to be good. And I'm one of those people, I'm a, a bug magnet. Yeah. So, like, if it's warm, the bugs just swarm me, and it's just not fun. That's the thing, too. Were there any bugs out there in Wyoming where you're hunting? Yeah. There's actually mosquitoes. It was really annoying. Seriously? A couple times when the wind, the wind dropped. Well, I mean, the wind's usually so strong you're not seeing it. But, like, yeah, a couple times where the wind died down and, like, a rain or something happened. And then right after, there was a lot of mosquitoes. No shit. See, that's one of the things I love about the mountains. There's no, there's no biting insects. I just, it's awesome. You don't have to worry about that shit. Man, I really weather, me. And the weather was nice. Like, it's not this humid bullshit. It was yeah. leaking down to the 40s every night, so. Dude, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys had an awesome time. I, I, uh, I expected you to, it to change your um, 
change you to uh, a new style that you're going to do forever. Oh yeah. It's, it was legitimately a life changing experience. Cause it was like, even I got to a point, even when it was like the shittiest, like, cause like that is uh, usually the best types of hunts when it gets really shitty. Cause anything to be really good has to be really shitty first. I think when it's involved with hunting, but yeah, I mean, you want to talk about like, I, I don't know how you get that adrenaline drive by not playing sports. Like, I mean, I'm sitting on top of that hill hopping up and down waiting for Jed to get in place like the exact same feeling I feel like right before you go out and wrestle like a state finals match and then when it's over it's the exact same like I have not had that feeling since I won a state title probably no no I hear you I've had it for uh fuck my I snuck up on it It was a nice mule deer in South Dakota my my legs were shaking so bad I had no chance like I fucking shot over his back by a foot and it's like it sucks, but I can't get that feeling anywhere else, right? It's uh, it's crazy. Because it has it has to be physically challenging at some point too. Like, so like you combine physical, emotional, and like intellectual like tiredness for a week. Oh yeah. The other thing too I, I like about it is like um, you know, whitetail hunting. A lot of times, at least for me, it's quick. It's like you hear a grunt or you hear a leaf, and all of a sudden, boom, they're there, mm-hmm. right? And it's like not that long but like mule deer is like you watch it you see it bed down you plan your stock your belly crawling you're getting closer and closer and closer and you're praying it does it's like so much buildup that you know you just can't control your nerves oh you know what i mean like yeah, if, a giant, if a giant if a giant whitetail comes on a string from like 300 yards you're gonna be a mess <laughs> and that's what it's like it's, it's like that where like a giant whitetail is coming it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god you know what i mean like a lot of times it's nice when it happens quick because you don't have a chance to freak out. I've never had it happen quick, mule deer hunting. It's always a process. And uh, yeah. man, I fucked up so many times and, uh, you know, had some success too and watched buddies screw up. And um, I like going with new people and they always ask us like, dude, it's your hunt. Whatever you think is best, have at it. Let's see what happens. And well, it's <laughs> got to be like a one for, it's got to be like between one and 5% success like on per stock per like stock or per like, yeah whatever you're doing like this it never works and then it does and you're like it should work like that every time but you know no, it's not going to yeah i've had everything the wind can shift the coyote i've had coyotes just randomly freaking run through and spook them random mule deer coming from a different direction spook them fucking pheasant hunters coming through and ruin a stock um oh god there's just well, so the, many ways and it, i think I think like the biggest thing is like, how do you mentally, um, like, how do you mentally like react to stuff? So like your mental toughness is such an important role out there because I mean, you could be like done at any time and just like, cause you've been driving those roads, you've been glassing these p- places for five days. Like there's no point to do it anymore. Like that's creeping into your head constantly. Like might as well get an early start heading home because it's raining. Like I almost literally almost packed up and left. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've done with you too, where you spend hours like concentrating and focusing, and then you start getting lazy, right? And then all of a sudden, you don't look in the little ravine, and a nice buck comes out of it. It's like son of a bitch. Yeah, and um, yeah, it makes it fun too. And then I've had you know each year too. Sometimes you drive way out there, and the weather just blows, right? So sometimes you guys have pretty good weather, cool and windy, and even some rain softens things up and makes things quiet, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. But you get out there and the wind dies down, 
the one year I went there, it was just like the, the, there's some about the rain that year where this weird weed grew. So it was like this chest high brown weed fucking everywhere. Right. So how do you find a deer in chest high brown weeds? Right. It's like, and uh, the only, the only way is if you just happen to see little antlers sticking up above them. It was the dumbest sucked, but, um, but it's fun. Yes, you're right too. The more the suck, the better it is once you, uh, once you get something. I always tell that's like two, you know, you, you know, I could buy a guide or go to a, pay a bunch of money to go to an elk ranch and spend 2,500 bucks. And I actually, I, a guy I know, he went out, he showed up 15 minutes later, he shot an elk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's like, it's like gun hunting in Wisconsin. It's like, you can't get that adrenaline rush. You can't get no. that. You, you, there's no way to do it. Like, like when you're stalking, like during that stock, like I like, there's no video of it, but I, I've never vividly remembered uh, probably like a three minute stretch in my entire, I don't even know how long it was, but like from when I closed the distance from 60 to six yards, I can still remember drops coming off the bill of my hat, yeah. touching my right hand on a rock, stepping around with my right foot, putting my foot in a puddle up to my ankle, stepping out of it, cresting up over the hill, Drop, oh, yeah. drop, 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 and like you can see his left ear. It's just a high stress moment. So super high stress moments of being ingrained in your brain for the rest of your life, right? Like yeah, for me, awesome. the, the one, the 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 bull that was 16 <laughs> yards away, and I drew back on. Like I will never forget that. It's gonna bother me for the rest of my fucking life, for sure, right? I've thought about it seven, eight, seventy, eight hundred times since that moment. But it's that's pretty cool. Um, what that? So I guess we should finish on this. Like whoever's listening, if you haven't gone out west, spot and stalk mule deer hunting, do it. Like yeah, there's no excuse not to. You can do it the way Taylor's done it, or and um, you know go go someplace where a little bit of private land or whatever, which sounds freaking awesome. Or you can be stupid like me and just put your finger on a map on public land and just walk your ass off until you start finding something. And um. The more you walk, eventually you start figuring it out. And it's not at that expensive. So in South Dakota, it's like 260 bucks for a tag. Yeah. And there's tons of public land. You just got to put your finger on a map and start walking. And I always start, like, start by water. If there's, you know, just start, start near a river and, um, and walk and walk and walk. Or I, uh, like, I just called the game biologist in, in Nebraska because I was thinking about, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of public land in Nebraska and tags. Again, I think they're like yeah, tons bucks. of them. And Nebraska's a good state. Yeah. And uh, so I call and they point me in the direction. It's like, well, I would check out this unit and this area and this whatever. It's like, all right. So now you get an idea and then just start walking. And um, 250 bucks plus a drive. And it's a freaking blast. Worst case scenario, you get six days of great exercise and fresh air. I guess yeah, worst case scenario, you get caught in a flood, crash. I could have been. I could have. I was definitely questioning myself. I I almost thought I had I was gonna have to like call somebody. Yeah. I yeah. So yeah. Mad. Just just get out and freaking. Cause I I'll never forget. I'll finish with this. I started. I ran into an uncle at a wedding, and he's like, "Man, I really need to get out west a lot." And the dude's like pushing sixty. It's like, what the fuck are you waiting for? Buy a tag and go. Mm. Just go. Right. You don't need a bunch of. You need a rangefinder, I think. Have you, the one thing for me, dude, is uh, out there and in the mountains, like, the ranging distance is so goddamn deceiving, it's unbelievable. 
So there'd be like out west. I'd range things. I would swear it's sixty yards away, and it's like forty. It's like, oh my gosh, I am not even close. You know what I mean? Like that open. I, I think it's just like you can't even. You can't assume any. You can't assume anything. No, like, like I have to range it because I've been on a hillside and then you get that steep cut and then a deer on the opposite hillside. You know? Oh yeah. And I'm like, this thing is seventy yards away, and I'll range it. And it's like forty. I'm like, what? The? There's no way. And then I question my rangefinder. But it's you know what I mean. They're not wrong. I guess it's possible it could be wrong, but not it's by that. Crazy. What's that? Not by that much. It's not gonna be wrong. No, God, no, God, no. But the moral of the story is, um, just freaking go. Like just South Dakota. Yeah, here's what's really cool in South Dakota too is you can buy um, one tag that covers the whole state, or you can buy two tags and you can shoot one on the east side and west side of the Missouri River. So I'd like to get like uh not this this year they changed it, they actually changed it just this year. Um it's kind of weird. But previous years I would a lot of times I'd buy a tag, so I'd hunt on one side of the river, and if I got one, then I could go hunt on the one, other side of the river. So like my hunt's yeah. not over, which is it's really cool. But this year, it's like Wisconsin, how shit changes, right? Yeah, oh so yeah. they, they, it always changes places. This is what DNR is famous for. Have they ever had blue tongue out there? Hit the mule there? I didn't hear that, whether they had or not. I don't know. I, it, the big thing is Wyoming seems to just manage them very well. So, like, they don't let does get killed around there. Like, And there's hardly any people? Yeah, there's not. I mean, gun hunting sounds like it's a normal, like, gun hunting, like, psycho fest. But other than that, yeah, I mean, they, they protect. Like, Wyoming, I think, has made a pretty big uh, – effort to make mule deer one of their top game because that's awesome they, i mean they they protect them the one year this is years ago now but the, like the disease hit them so bad that government bought my tag back from me oh really yeah and it was so then after that a couple years was really tough hunting and uh, so each year it's gotten a little better but man there was i remember one little ravine i found it was the three or four buck skulls i think it was three just in one little ravine it was really sad well, there's no question they're not as they're not as hardy as whitetail. Like they 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 need the proper conditions to survive. So. Whitetails are tough, man. They're amazing. But oh yeah, there's like coyotes, freaks, live anywhere. All right, man. All right, man. Congratulations. Up. I'm envious, and I can't wait to uh, you know go chase me with myself. Yeah, can't wait.